From Pacifica Radio, this is Voices of the Middle East and North Africa. I am Malihe Razazan. This week, we speak with Mahmoud Reza Momeni, a PhD candidate in atmospheric science at the University of Houston, about the deteriorating air quality in Tehran and other cities in Iran. According to a report by the World Health Organization, Tehran has some of the highest levels of air pollution of any city in the world. Stay with us. Already rocked by historic uprising, determined on toppling the regime, Iran, a country with the world's second-largest gas reserves, is experiencing a dual crisis of shortage in natural gas and deteriorating air quality. Since the final days of December, the air in Tehran and other major cities across Iran has become unbreathable, with the air pollution index reaching dangerously high levels. Every year, air pollution in Tehran and several other major cities in the country, reaches alarming levels in winter, pushing the authorities to order the temporary closure of schools and other services. Shahram Agamir spoke about the deteriorating air quality in Tehran and other Iranian cities with Mahmoud Reza Momeni, a PhD candidate in atmospheric sciences at the University of Houston. His research focuses on atmospheric modeling, data assimilation, and advanced sensitivity analysis. First of all, let me talk about air pollution methodology briefly, because it can help us understand what happens in Iran in terms of air pollution. In atmospheric science, we have two main parameters. First is sunlight, and second one is wind speed. Sunlight is related to movement in the vertical direction and wind speed is related to movement in horizontal direction. So if the sunlight is weak, it means that air pollutant cannot be dispersed vertically very well. And if the wind speed is low, it means that the air pollutants cannot be dispersed horizontally very well. So during the winter time, we know that the sunlight is weak. When sunlight is weak, as I said, air pollutants cannot be dispersed vertically very well. On the other hand, during winter time, over Iran, we have high pressure system. High pressure system means that the wind speed is low. It means that air pollutants cannot be dispersed horizontally very well. And that's why the combination of these two parameters cause high level of air pollutants in Iran. It causes air pollution to build up. So to control such a situation, the government should reduce air emission. This is the only way you can control urban area, air pollution, when we have such a condition, atmospheric condition during the winter time. In Iran, this is winter time, sunlight is weak, wind speed is low, but the government does not reduce air pollutant emission. This causes air pollution in our big cities, some mega cities like Tehran, Isfahan, Arak, Ahwaz, Mashhad, Tabriz, or other cities. So in air pollution management, we have an air quality index, and this air quality index shows us the level of air pollution in our area. In Iran, they are using air quality index similar to 
the United States. And based on that air quality index, we see that the level of air pollution in mega city like Tehran, like Spahn, like Mashhad, like Arak, like Tabriz is unhealthy for all people. But for some cities at certain hours, the level of air pollution is very unhealthy for all people. So when I'm talking about unhealthy condition, it means that the air quality index is more than 150. In most cities in Iran, the air quality index is more than 150. But in some cities, this index is more than 200. And 200 means that is very unhealthy. For example, two days ago, when I checked air monitoring station, I found in some stations that this index is more than 300. 300 means that the air quality is dangerous. Before we delve further into the specific problem of air pollution in Iran, can you help us understand what the pollutants of primary concern are when one looks at the problem of air pollution in general? I understand these are classified into two categories, primary and secondary pollutants. Can you tell us more about this and which one of these pollutants were detected in high concentrations in Tehran and other major cities that you mentioned earlier? As you mentioned, you know, we have two categories of air pollutants. The first is primary air pollutants and the second one is secondary air pollutants. And what is the difference between primary and secondary air pollutants? Those air pollutants are directly emitted into the atmosphere from sources we call it primary air pollutants. For example, you have a power plant, you have a vehicle, and they are emitting a lot of air pollutant into the atmosphere. This kind of air pollutant is primary. But we have another air pollutant in the atmosphere, and we call it secondary air pollutant. It means that we have different gases and different air pollutants in the atmosphere, and they can form new air pollutant, and we call it secondary air pollutant. Nitrogen dioxide, sulfur dioxide, or primary particulate matter. And during the winter time, over the big cities in Iran, like Tehran, Ahwaz, Isfahan, Karesh, Mashhad, and Tabriz, the main air pollutant we have is fun particulate matter. It means that it is a combination of the primary and secondary fine particulate matter. But in some cities like Arak, sometimes we see that we have another air pollutant like sulfur dioxide. Later on, we'll discuss the unique features of the emission from stationary sources in Iran. But let's talk about mobile sources such as automobiles and motorcycles and their impact. What can you tell us about the lower fuel efficiency of the vehicles manufactured in Iran, as well as the use of low quality fuel? How valid is the government's claim that the fuel manufactured in Iran meets the 2005 Euro 4 emission standards. We should probably mention that the European emission standards were introduced in 1993 to reduce the amount of pollution generated by uh, vehicles. And its most recent set of standards is Euro 6 that was implemented in 2016. In Iran, we have some reports about Tehran. We don't have any reports about other cities. Maybe, you know, we have such reports for other cities, but we don't have access to such reports. But we know that in Tehran, about 70% of air pollutant emission 
is related to vehicles, noting that there is a difference between air pollutant emission and air pollutant concentration, because based on the secondary pollutant, the contribution of the sources to air pollutant emission can be different with those to air pollutant concentration. But in Tehran, we know that the contribution of vehicles to the air pollutant emission is around 70%. Most vehicles people are using in Iran, they are made in Iran. More than 85% of vehicles used in Iran are made in Iran. And the air emission standard and the fuel consumption standard in vehicles made in Iran are different from other countries. For example, if Iran wants to export those vehicles to European countries or to the United States, they cannot pass emissions standards. On the other hand, the fuel consumption of these vehicles in Iran is very high as well. For example, a new vehicle made in Iran has a double fuel consumption compared to vehicles in European countries or in the United States. So the fuel efficiency of these vehicles is not good. They are consuming a lot of fuels and they are producing a lot of air pollutants. We have a report from the air quality control company in Tehran. And that report mentioned about some tests for Euro 2 standards. When they did those tests, they found that these vehicles should have a Euro 2 standard. They don't. In Iran, the best fuel is distributed in Tehran rather than other cities. And they tested the quality of this fuel. And they mentioned that the quality of this fuel are close to Euro 4. You know that if you want to test the quality of each fuel, they have a lot of parameters. And based on that parameters, you can say that this fuel is Euro 4 or not. But they mentioned that some parameter is close to the Euro 4. That's why we can say that this fuel has a Euro 4 standard. But based on my (laughs) understanding, when they don't pass or they can pass some other parameters, it means the quality of this fuel is not Euro 4. And that's why in Iran, we have two problems in terms of vehicles. First, the quality standard of these vehicles in terms of the emissions. And the second one is the high fuel consumption. And the combination of these to cause high air pollutant, high air emission from our vehicles. And that's why the contribution of the vehicles uh, in Iran, based on Tehran, emission inventory is around the 70%. Iran is experiencing the dual crisis of air pollution and shortage of gas, natural gas. Looking at the political economy of the decision to change the fuel used in power plants, It seems like in addition to technological and economic factors, the regime has made a political decision to give priority to residential users of natural gas during the dual crisis that we are facing now. The intent is to prevent further disaffection among a restive population that wants to essentially dislodge the regime. Earlier this week, following a gas outage, we actually witnessed anti-government protests in northeastern city of Torbatajam that simply reaffirmed the ruling bloc's concerns about further unrest. A confidential memo by the country's Supreme National Security Council dated two months ago states that given the shortage in supply of gas and electricity, and in light of what it calls, quote-unquote, 
riots and security repercussions, power plants should go ahead and use mazout or fuel oil instead. What can you tell us about the use of these two types of fuels and the nexus between these two crises? Right now, because of problems in oil and gas infrastructure, we have a shortage of gas in Iran. But there is a relationship between the shortage of gas and pollution in Iran. So when we have a shortage of gas in Iran, government force the industry and power plants to use other fuels instead of natural gas. For example, a power plant right off using oil gas fuel instead of natural gas. So because the government was not able to attract investment to improve infrastructure, that's why you know we have a shortage of gas. But the problem is that when power plants and when the industry switch from national gas to heavy oil fuel, it means that we have more air pollution. So right now in some power plants, neuron they're using the mazut or fuel oil. And the level of air pollutants in mazut is much more than natural gas. As I mentioned, during the winter time, we have a stable atmospheric condition. A stable atmospheric condition, it means that the air pollution cannot move vertically and horizontally very well. So the only way we can control this situation is to reduce air pollutant emission. But in Iran, because of this shortage of gas and power plant and industry switch from natural gas to um, heavy oil fuel, and switching from natural gas to heavy oil fuel like mazot, other fuels, means they have to emit a lot of air pollutant into the atmosphere. So just imagine that this is winter time and air pollution uh, cannot be dispersed very well and you have to reduce emission, but you are adding more air pollutants. That's why the level of air pollution is more than what should be, especially during the nighttime, the level of air pollutant is so bad in Iran. This is only because of just using mazot, using fuel oil, or using oil gas in Iran. If uh, Iran wants to just improve air quality during winter time, they should think about how they can make this infrastructure better to provide natural gas for power plant and for the industry. And this is the main problem right now we have in Iran, and that's why the government cannot do anything regarding air pollution. Let's talk a little more about these air pollutants that are produced by the country's power plants that are burning either oil gas or mazout, also known as fuel oil, to generate electric power. When did this shift from natural gas to low-quality fuels that you just mentioned happen in these power plants? And what were the reasons behind this shift? I understand there was a shortage of natural gas, but there were other reasons behind this. Can you elaborate? I think the reason for this one is just government wants to show people, okay, governments just take care of people and so providing natural gas for people and for homes, their home is very important for government. And that's why the government takes the natural gas from the industries and gives it to homes. What about the fact that there were changes in the shipping industry standards in 2020? Okay. 
for the fuel used in ships. This is an international standard for lower sulfur content in these fuels. What was the impact of that decision on what we see in Iran today? Changing in the global limit of sulfur from 3.5% to 0.5% in fuel oil using ships caused a problem for Iran because the level of sulfur in fuel oil produced by Iran is more than 3%. And from 2020, the global limit of sulfur just changed, as I said, from 3.5% to 2.5%. And because of technical problems they have in oil and gas industry, they cannot produce fuel oil with sulfur less than 0.5%. So they have to use the fuel oil inside Iran. They cannot store all that mazot or uh, fuel oil, so uh, they use it in power plants and some industries. And as I mentioned, they can produce a lot of air pollutants and people have to breathe those air pollutants. One of the concerns with burning oil gas and mazut, fuel oil, is that the emission from the process contains high concentration of sulfur dioxide, as you mentioned. And we should also mention uh, NOx or nitrogen oxide. In addition to very dangerous particulate matter, PM2.5, pollutant named black carbon or soot. How do these high concentrations compare to the levels that are considered acceptable for human health and the environment? The main air pollutants caused by mazot or heavy oil is fine particulate matters and nitrogen oxide and sulfur dioxide. And as I mentioned that the level of sulfur in the mazot in Iran is very high. And that's why we have a high level of sulfur dioxide. Based on uh, some report from the World Health Organization, black carbon or soot can make cancer for people. And this is very important. For example, skin cancer or lung cancer. And unfortunately, in Iran, the level of nitrogen oxide and sulfur dioxide is very high. For example, in some city like uh, Iraq, we have a high level of sulfur dioxide, but we don't have any sensor to measure black carbon or soot. So based on our understanding from fossil fuel burning, when we have a high level of sulfur dioxide in a region, and we know that in that region, fuel oil is burning, it means that we should have a high level of black carbon or soot in those regions. And in Tehran, because around Tehran, we have some power plants and those power plants use oil and gas or diesel fuel. And diesel produce a lot of black carbon or soot. And we have some stations in Tehran and those stations shows that we have a high level of black carbon or soot, especially during winter time. NASA produces some image from Iran that shows us the level of nitrogen dioxide over Iran. And when we take a look at nitrogen dioxide over Iran, we see that the level of nitrogen dioxide is very high in Iran. And it can be because of two things. First of all, because of using such a heavy fuel like diesel, like mazot in Iran. And another thing can be because of the vehicles, because they don't have proper standards in Iran. What are the implications of 
having such high concentration of sulfur dioxide, you mentioned cancer and the impact yeah. on human health. What about the environment? We have two types of standards. One standard is for human and another one is for environment. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, because we have high level of sulfur dioxide and nitrogen dioxide from burning mazot, we have acid rain. Acid rain can have very negative effect on the environment and the ecosystem. We have problems in terms of biodiversity and ecosystem, especially in Tehran and in other cities close to the power plants and close to the mega cities. If you breathe black carbon, is like breathing smoke. It's like smoking. And that's why it's very dangerous. In the area of skeletal power plants, we see that we have some black points over plants. And when you touch those black points, you see the color of your hands. Exactly, this suit, black carbon. And in the long term, the plant dies. And we should also talk about contamination of soil and water caused by this black carbon. It goes into the soil and groundwater and also surface waters. When we have air pollution, they can penetrate into soil and in the water. It can cause a lot of problem for soil and our water, for fish and for other species. You mentioned the phenomenon of inversion in the winter months, during a period in the winter where the inversion tends to trap a dense layer of cold air under a layer of warm air. And the warm layer acts much like a lead, trapping pollutants in the cold air near ground. In a city like Tehran, which is tightly penned in by mountains, the conditions become even worse. But you argue that air pollution in Iran exists even in the summer, and it's not unique to this period in winter. Can you explain why and what are the seasonal variations in air quality in Iran? As I mentioned, during the winter, we have stable conditions in the atmosphere. So a stable condition means that the air pollution cannot move vertically and horizontally very well. But one phenomenon, you know, we have during the winter time, as you mentioned, is inversion. We have this problem in Iran. An inversion causes a stable atmospheric condition for us. So what happens when uh, we have an inversion? Because during the winter time, the sunlight is very weak and this sunlight doesn't have enough power to warm the surface. That's why we have the cold weather in the surface, but sunlight can warm in an upper layer. And that's why you know, we have a cold weather you know, in the surface and the warm weather in the surface. But in the normal condition, we should have a warm weather close to the surface and the warm weather in the top atmosphere. For example, if you find in any mountain and go up, then you see that the, when you are going up, the weather is becoming colder and colder. This is, you know, this is the normal situation we have in the atmosphere. But in the inversion, the cold weather is close to the surface and the warm weather is in the upper layer. And what happens when we have a warm weather in the upper layer? Air pollution cannot move vertically very well. That's why I mentioned the sunlight. Sunlight is very weak, and this is very important to us. And when sunlight is very weak, this phenomena can happen. You also argue that air pollution in Iran exists even in the summer. During the summertime, we have a high level of air pollution. The level of air pollution in Iran during the summertime is, is even higher than... Uh, and how is it different, though? Air pollution during the summertime is different than the wintertime. 
During the winter time, the main air pollutant we have is uh, fine particulate matter or particulate with a diameter uh, less than 2.5 micrometer. But during the summertime, we have another pollutant. This is the secondary pollutant. We call it ozone. But we also have fine particulate matters. So during the summertime, especially in the afternoon, we have two types of pollutants. A high level of pollutants first is uh, ozone and the second one is fine particulate matter and mostly mostly during the summertime afternoon the level of air quality is very unhealthy for people but unfortunately in iran we have active ozone sensors only in some cities for example in isfahan isfahan is uh, one of the most polluted cities in iran and some and the most of time uh, Esfahan is more polluted than Tehran, but we don't have any ozone sensors in Esfahan. And this is the problem. And that's why, you know, during the summertime, we cannot have the right air quality index for Esfahan or other cities. In general, how does air quality in Tehran and major cities in Iran, how do they compare with similar mega cities in the world? How does Iran as a whole rank globally? Based on the AQICN website, Tehran or other cities in Iran, they are among the first 10 polluted mega cities in the world. During the last nine months in Tehran, we only had two days that the air quality was good. More than 100 days, the air quality in Tehran was unhealthy. And so if you want to compare, for example, such a situation with other countries maybe you can compare with some cities in china or in india because it means that we don't have any air quality at all in iran and this report is for tehran for example for Isfahan, i don't remember that we have a day with a good air quality and uh, this happened not only at the daytime you know during the nighttime the air quality in cities in iran is very bad for example in Tehran, sometimes during the nighttime, the air quality index is very unhealthy. For example, in Esfahan, as all, we don't have a good air quality during the nighttime. And during the nighttime, air quality index is unhealthy always. Mahmoud Reza Momeni is a PhD candidate in atmospheric sciences at the University of Houston. His research focuses on atmospheric modeling, data assimilation, and advanced sensitivity analysis. He spoke with Shahram Aghamir. From Pacifica Radio, this is Voices of the Middle East and North Africa.